Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of B-Shape Daily. My name's Brendan Schaefer. Joining me here to talk some Major League Baseball, some St. Louis Cardinals, as the Cardinals will get set, barring any unforeseen changes to the schedule, to play the Minnesota Twins tonight, Tuesday, July 28th, in Minnesota, Cardinals' first road series of the season. I believe they're only playing just a couple of games up there, and then they'll get the Milwaukee Brewers over the weekend. Two off days baked into this week. One of them was yesterday on Monday. Did not do a podcast yesterday. Rocking with one today, as we'll talk about. We can talk a little bit about the Cardinals' loss on Sunday, but looking at that game, at that game, wasn't very interesting, wasn't very exciting from a Cardinals' perspective, and so we probably won't spend a ton of time on it. But we can look ahead a little bit. Carlos Martinez and Miles Michaelis will be pitching against the Twins. The Twins are a juggernaut of an offensive force. Uh, For my article at KMOV, talking about just season predictions, who I think is making the playoffs, what I think is going to happen in the postseason, I will tell you. If you haven't read it yet, you can do so. Just head to KMOV.com slash sports and you'll be able to find it. Or you can just check it out on my Twitter feed if you scroll a little bit. I I tweeted it out. But MLB season predictions. I've got the Cardinals and Twins both advancing very, very far. Not to give anything away, but I I think the Cardinals... Set up to have a pretty good season, make make a run potentially if they can stay healthy. Assuming we have the season actually take place, and I'll I'll talk about that a little bit too before we uh, before we get out of here. But the Twins, man, I, I, their offense is just ridiculous. They led Major League Baseball in home runs last season, and they've got pretty much the same lineup back. They strengthened their pitching a little more, you know, beyond what they had a year ago. Added Kenta Maeda from the, in a trade with the Dodgers. But that lineup, I mean, Nelson Cruz at age 40 continues to rake. They've got home run mashers up and down that lineup. Um, Really, really strong club. And so Cardinals are going to have their hands full. You know, throwing Carlos Martinez right into the fire facing that lineup. That'll be an interesting test for him in his first time back in the starting rotation for St. Louis since 2018. But I think kind of the thoughts that are probably on everybody's mind today Less so about the Cardinals, more about Major League Baseball in general and whether this season is going to make it, whether whether we're going to be able to keep this thing going. Everybody knows by now, I'm sure, the Miami Marlins are having a ton of issues related to COVID-19 positive tests. I don't know what the latest numbers are, but I think I saw something like 17 total uh, positive tests affiliated with the Marlins. Not sure how many of those are players, but it's a pretty big number to where you're talking about about half of a roster being hit by an outbreak and it's very unfortunate it's unfortunate for the Marlins it's unfortunate for the game in general because now you've got a lot of you know the pressure's on now a lot of people talking about well this is this isn't worth it at this point they need to cancel the season we need to just get this over with get everybody healthy and and hopefully they'll be able to pursue a season Major League Baseball in 2021 that's where a lot of people are I understand those reactions it's not my reaction but I understand that many people are going to have that um, because it is a, you know, it, it, 
I'm not I'm not going to downplay the virus. I recognize that a lot of these these guys, these professional world class athletes, are you know probably going to make out better with the virus than than somebody who's a little older, who's got pre existing health conditions, and that's not to say that. Some of the people infected by the virus with the Marlins now aren't in that category. Some coaches have been infected, and I, I certainly don't know the names of those guys if it hasn't been released. And more than that, I don't know their story and their health history. So I'm not I'm not going to downplay it and say it's not a scary thing because it certainly could be. We also don't know the long term impact of coronavirus on you know an immune system on the organs. On we, we, there's a lot that we don't know, and so I think it's. I understand a lot of people say, look, they're, they're, they're healthy, they're going to be fine, get them through two weeks and they'll be good to go. And there's a part of me that totally understands where you're coming from with that. But I think if that's your reaction to you getting the virus, and maybe that's how I would feel if I were to contract it and say, you know, it sucks, but I think I'm going to be okay because I'm young and healthy and I'll get through this. That's totally within your right to have that reaction about yourself. Um, you know, that doesn't permit you to go spread it to other people because they may not feel the same way. And that's kind of my point here. You can't dictate how somebody else is allowed to feel about their level of threat because of the virus. Because there are some things we don't know. There's a lot that we don't know. And if if somebody says, you know, it's it's not a risk I want to take on because of that unknown, more power to them. I, I can't possibly fault them for that. And so you're talking about Major League Baseball players. Now, I haven't seen a, a rash of people opting out since this started, but we did see that the Washington Nationals kind of had a team vote, and they're deciding they're not going to play against the Marlins. Um, I think it's kind of pathetic that Rob Manfred has not, you know, stepped up really to, to earlier. And maybe by now it'll have happened. By the time you listen to this podcast, it may have happened where he's he's kind of put his foot down and said what's going to happen here. Uh, the, Craig Mish, I believe, reported that the Marlins' season is on pause and until they can figure out what to do about all this. But uh, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies are supposed to be playing. Uh, the Yankees, I believe it is, and that, that series hasn't gotten underway yet because Phillies are still waiting on some players' tests to come back because the Phillies were playing the Marlins, and they you know they played that last game where the Marlins already knew that they had positive tests in their midst, and as though it were some kind of grand gesture of you know heroics and bravery to say we're going to fight through and play, they continued, and they continued to share a clubhouse, and they continued to share a dugout, and they continued to share a team flight, all the while knowing that a few of them had, had you know, been feeling under the weather. And that, now you see this outbreak. And so do you want my opinion on, you know, what should happen? I would like to see them continue to try to make a season take place. I wouldn't, I'm not cancel all 30 teams and end the season guy. And the reason for that is, I think you can point to, for right now, you can point to this Marlins situation and explain it by their irresponsibility as the reason such a wide outbreak has taken place within a clubhouse. Now, if the Philadelphia Phillies, within a few days, we begin to see their positive tests come up as a result of their exposure with the Marlins and playing that series against them, that's when I think it gets a little bit more serious because you recognize that the Marlins and Phillies weren't contacting each other other than their play on the field you know you might have a a situation where a a fielder is holding a runner on base could that be a dangerous situation probably not based on what the you know the cdc guidelines and things like that uh, the way they dictate what's considered close contact exposure to somebody who's tested positive you know if you're holding a runner on first base for a few seconds I don't think that is long enough time to transmit the virus, but I'm no health expert. And so I just kind of rely upon what I read and try to follow reliable sources. But my point is, if 
based on the contact the Phillies and the Marlins had with one another, the Phillies start coming up with some positive tests, that would be bad, and that would be a reason to reevaluate and, and you know talk about pausing the season, I think, not for just one team, but for for maybe a, a larger segment of, of Major League Baseball. Talk about equity and what's fair as far as if some teams aren't able to get all their 60 games in and others are. That's really not that important of a factor to me, to be honest with you, uh, because when you when you talk about 16 teams making the postseason, you just win enough games to where you're not on the bubble and you won't have that issue. Earlier, I read a tweet from Joel Sherman who said that while MLB would like to get all 60 games in for all the teams... You know, if that's not a possibility, they're they're not married to the idea that everybody's got to play all 60. Some some teams may end up at 58, 56, 55, etc. And then the winning percentages for those teams would be what ends up determining a playoff spot. And so people say, you know, it could be a potentially awkward situation. You've got a team with 33 wins. Could they end up getting bumped from the postseason in favor of a team maybe with only like 28 wins because they've played, you know, nine or ten fewer games or something like that. I think that's probably not very likely. I understand that that reaction, but when I think about it, it's like, look, isn't it more likely that we're talking about a team with 29 or 30 wins over 60 games that gets bumped by a team with 24, 25 wins over 60 games because the, the threshold for making the playoffs is so much lower, it may end up only being around a 500 record, in some cases sub-500 record, that it takes to get in. So if that ends up being what happens, then it's hard for me to have too much sympathy for the team that barely misses by percentage points just because, one, I'd say not totally equitable result of postseason is better than no postseason, no season at all. And win more games. I mean, if that's really the concern, just win more games because no, the 17th and 18th place teams in MLB, I'm not, no one's crying any tears for you guys. If you, if you miss the playoffs because you know, you didn't get to play enough games or the team behind you didn't play enough games. And so they didn't have an opportunity to lose more games. And so you missed because of that 16 teams that I, I don't care. I don't really care if you, if you miss the playoffs because of, because of something related to COVID not allowing all the games to be played and your team number 16 that gets in, it just doesn't matter to me. I'd rather you get screwed a little bit, if you if you want to call it that, than everybody get screwed out of not having having the sport. If it's now, if it's safe to continue having the sport, and a lot of people would say already that it's not safe to do that. But I think you can point to what the Marlins did by you know pushing their luck with this thing, and that's what probably went from them having a, a couple cases, a handful of cases, to half their traveling party being exposed. That was on decisions that they made that were bad decisions. That's not the protocols. That's not within the protocols of what MLB has said to do. And MLB hasn't done a good enough job of, of you know, enforcing what they need to enforce and, and instilling it in the players that, hey, this is serious. You can't just hold kangaroo court and have that decide, you know, whether to play a game or not, as the Marlins did. So I think when you look at that, you can point to the fact that mistakes were made. If we can kind of address that and say, hey, don't do this again you might be able to isolate some of these situations before they get to, you know, as serious as they've gotten with the Marlins. That's my opinion. By the time you listen to this podcast in five hours, the whole world may have changed. You you remember that day in March when we went from having college basketball conference tournaments all full go, spring training games are literally happening as every sport league in the, the country basically starts shutting down over the course of two days. You know, first it was the NBA, and then it was the NHL. All these college basketball tournaments are going, 
as the Cardinals are in the middle of a, a spring training game, all those other leagues are shutting down, and you knew, okay, baseball's done after today, too. They, they just haven't gotten the memo yet. And, I mean, fans were in the stands that day. Like, what an insane day. And so I say all this to, to point out that I don't know what's going to happen in the next five hours. I don't know what's going to happen in the next 15 minutes. But I'm explaining what I think about the situation for anyone who cares because I think they could continue to have this season, but some changes have got to be made, and people have got to be a little bit smarter, a lot of it smarter in some cases, and you might be able to pull it off. But, um, you know, if it's if it comes down to a safety thing and the players as a collective, you start getting enough of them to say, not only do I not feel safe playing team X, Y, or Z because of their outbreak situation, I just don't feel comfortable playing at all, then that'll be the case. I, again, I can't fault anybody for how they feel. I still feel safe going to the ballpark and and covering the games. I don't. I've the, the protocols have, have been in place for that have been impeccable in my opinion, and and everybody's following following the rules and, and doing a nice job, staying distance, being smart. I again down on the field, maybe things are different. I mean, yeah, I've seen guys you know not be six feet apart in all situations when they're when they're sitting or standing during batting practice or whatever the case. Like, you know, you got to follow the rules, and that's what's gonna gonna make this season take place and that's what everybody has said they're all they're all saying the right things but I mean are there times where you're like oh they're probably three feet and not six feet are there time of course there are and you know that's it's just the reality of it and I'm not saying that it's right but it I'm certainly not saying that it's surprising you know it's it's human nature and it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to rewire your brain and so those things happen sometimes but I think I think maybe this hopefully ideally can be the kind of wake-up call that that everybody needs to say, hey, hold on a minute, we got to be smart here, especially when you're traveling. You can't act the, the, the way you, you have in the past on road trips. It's just not going to work. And so, you know, who knows where this outbreak really started for the Marlins. Um, I don't know that that's been identified, but they're in Philadelphia. Are they are they staying in their hotel rooms? Are they doing everything they're supposed to? It's possible that they were, and the only thing that they really did as a mistake was continue to play when they knew some of their teammates weren't feeling well. And you know, had had these tests pending and, and decided to go through with the game. And, and I think I think the biggest thing would be flying on the team charter back home or back wherever they were, were heading because that's such an isolated environment where you have hour, two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it is, to share the same air with one another, probably not wearing masks on the plane. I mean, I would think you, you should have to be wearing masks on the plane, but I'm not on those planes. I don't know, you know, it's not like... There's a lot of oversight. It's going to have to be kind of peer-to-peer system of accountability. And I think the Cardinals, their veterans in particular, have talked about the meetings that have been held and and the the guys who have been around this game and want their opportunity to continue to, you know, the Adam Wainwrights of the world, the Dexter Fowlers of the world, Matt Carpenters of the world, these veteran players that they, they want this season to take place. And they say, look, you know, I know that you guys are, you know, prime of life, young 20s, whatever, but here's what you got to do for three months. Adam Wainwright said, it's just three months, and then after that you can do whatever the heck you all want. But to get the season in, we're going to need some cooperation from you. And so, uh, you know, I think the Cardinals have, have so far done a nice job. We haven't had any issues that we've, that we've seen come up. That's not to say that it can't happen from here on out, but, um, you know, uh, is it possible that with the Marlins being kind of a younger team in general, that the veteran leadership hasn't maybe been there to kind of enforce how important it is. I'm I'm trying hard not to fault the Marlins from a perspective of how did you get COVID in the first place because I think that's dangerous. It can it can happen. It's just one of those things that can happen, and 
you know, you think you're being careful or you thought somebody was negative and you got a little close. Like, I'm not trying to fault them for that. I think what they're certainly at fault for and, and deserve full ridicule for is continuing to play when they knew that some of them were, you know, and kind of like passing it off as a bravery element. Like Don Mattingly, the quotes that you read from him talking about how it was a, you know, it was never a consideration for us to quit. We we wanted to get out there. These guys want to play. They want to show that they can. That's not the mentality you need to have with this. You can't out, you know, you can't out tough the virus. You, you, you know, you might not have symptoms. You might be able to tough through, you know, symptoms or, 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 you know, feel like you're, you're healthy when really you're maybe a little under the weather, but that's not really what this is. When you can spread it to other people, that's not the mentality that you need to have. And so it's just it's just kind of twisted that 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 was their mentality and the decision they made because it was short term thinking, selfish for sure, but like even like self detrimental because it's short term thinking. If if you isolate and you maybe miss a few games, you you keep everybody healthy, and once somebody tests positive, they're going to be out for two weeks. It's you know, and, and then they got to get two negative tests in a row to be able to return to action. And so you're you're just hurting yourselves because you're the only team as of right now that has this problem. The Phillies might end up with this problem, but so far no no positive tests for them of their bats that was uh, you know taken. I assume yesterday announced Tuesday that no new positives for the Phillies as of yet. The incubation period a little bit longer. It could take a few more days for those to show up. But when you're talking about this decision to fight through it and try to play, that's purely detrimental to the Miami Marlins, period, the end. Because they're the team that's going to be without half their roster for 14 days or more. And if that's a competitive disadvantage to them, so be it. It's kind of my thought. Like, you kind of made your bed, now you're going to lie in it. I think MLB is going to do a lot more to protect them than I would, though, because if you're talking about winning percentages... They're just going to miss some more games. Right now, Miami's two and one. You know they got the same record as the Cardinals. They won that series, and so if they if they end up not being able to play all their games, whatever. I just can't imagine though that if you've got that many people injured or, or pardon me on the on the COVID list where they've got to get two negatives to get back on the field, and it could take two and a half weeks or more for for all those guys to get back. They're going to have to sign some players. They're going to you know the guys that are still healthy can probably isolate for a little while and then maybe they'll get back within that two-week window but it'll, it'll have to be with a, a whole crop of of new players maybe guys that gets you know dfa'd whatever like you could you could sign a mike fulton you know if if somebody else doesn't claim him i think major league baseball if they're really trying to get this season done and, and from a purely like making the marlins a, a have a roster they can possibly field you've got to put them to the top of every waiver list if if that's the way you want to go about it. Now, could a player say, I know it's DFA by the Braves, but I, I don't want to go pitch for the Marlins when all of them are getting sick. So, like, there might be some element of that as well. I'm not saying there's a perfect answer from MLB and, and it's it's an easy situation, but I do think there is some scrutiny to be to be levied toward Major League Baseball uh, for their mishandling of the situation once again. We'll see if they, if they kind of try to right the ship and what they end up doing. But certainly right now, it just feels like chaos when you have every, you know, the individual teams, you got reporters talking about it, and you have silence from Manfred for quite a while until, you know, it, it kind of already seems like the obvious solution is, is going to take place, and then, you know, he'll weigh in. But uh, as far as, you know, what, what you do about the scheduling, tweet from Ken Rosenthal talked about, you know, something that they could do, one scenario under discussion, Marlins and Phillies would quarantine for a time, Yankees could travel to Baltimore and play the Orioles on Wednesday and Thursday, start shuffling up the schedule, right? I know those two teams weren't to play each other, but Yankees and Baltimore, they're in the same division, they've got 10 games against each other to play, you might as well, you know, play those games now when you can, Phillies and Marlins, they're in the same division, 
postpone some games, you know, make up games at a later date with those other teams and just try to get it to work out. I, I know it's not going to be an easy thing, but I if you want if you if you're in the mode of we got to figure out a way to get this season in if it's if it's even moderately safe to do so, then those are the kinds of things you need to be thinking about doing. And people talking about well on the the Major League Baseball or on the baseball subreddit, people were talking about this two days ago. Why are they just now coming up with this idea as a scenario? I agree, they're way too slow to react. You know, you got to be thinking on your feet and making things happen if this is going to work and. If it's not, so be it, but you, you can't just be so passive, and I feel like they've been very passive and very, I mean, you, you understand you're going to be reactionary, but you'd like to have more plans in place ahead of time so that you're acting rather than reacting all the time, and especially if your reactions are tend to be so slow. So that's kind of the way I view view baseball, view Major League Baseball, the Marlins situation from a helicopter 10,000 feet view of, of everything that's going on. Um as for the Cardinals, we can kind of dive into them a little bit, and then we'll get out of here. Just have a shorter episode today if I if I don't ramble on for too long. But um, you know, two and one, you take two out of three from the Pirates. The last episode that I did, I was saying, you know, remind yourself this is just the Pirates. And I think I mentioned in that episode, Mitch Keller could give the Cardinals a little bit of trouble on Sunday, and that wouldn't surprise me. They've always kind of had some issues with with guys they're seeing for the first or second time. Haven't got a lot of experience against him. That's kind of what happened. The offense looked pretty dormant. Um, unfortunately for the Cardinals, the one the one run they scored was pretty cool. It's a move I've done on MLB The Show, where ground ball in the infield with two outs. Colt Long was on second. Instead of stopping at third, he says, "I'm just going to go for it and try to score." You know, with Tommy Edmond having the speed that he does, the slow roller. You know, they don't throw him out at first base. It takes him a beat to notice that Wong was rounding third and on his way home. Put the pressure on the defense. Bang bang play at the plate. Catcher drops the ball. Wong is safe. Might have been out if the catcher would have been able to catch it, field it cleanly, and tag him. But at any rate, you're putting the pressure on a team that hasn't won any games yet in that situation. And so Cardinals get the run. It was well done. Uh, Dakota Hudson talked about his issues last year with, with bases on balls that he's allowed. And he led the league, led all of major leagues, I believe, with 86 walks that he issued. And so, you know, that was certainly something he needed to address coming into the season. Um, kind of replaced one problem for another, though, or with another on Sunday because he allowed a couple of home runs. He was looking pretty good in the early innings, still giving up some semi-hard contact, but again, he's a pitch-to-contact pitcher. Um, but he was throwing strikes. And so I feel like he he hadn't walked anybody until the last outing of the game, last batter of the game. He walked somebody in the fifth inning, and that's when Mike Schilt gave him the hook and took him out. But 42 out of 62 pitches went for strikes, and so I feel like he was almost too comfortable in the strike zone, throwing throwing too many strikes to where the Pirates knew they could potentially be ready, you know, be ready on any pitch to swing. And if he puts something up there that's hittable, they're going to hit it a long way. I believe he gave up seven hits on Sunday. Five of the seven were exit velocity of, uh, greater than 100 miles per hour. So he was getting shelled pretty good. Um, it all kind of came crumbling down for him in the fourth inning when he gave up those two home runs, and then he gave up a double in the fifth. And it was like, okay, you know, he's just he's just kind of missing location too much. And so I think it's got to be a happy balance, a happy medium for Hudson between walking so many guys and hoping you're going to be able to escape these situations by relying on double play balls, as he did very successfully back in 2019. But also knowing that you can't just, you know, make sure you're throwing strikes on every pitch and, and, and not painting and leaving balls over the middle of the plate elevated. And that's kind of what he did on Sunday. And so did not have a very deep outing. Cardinals bullpen gave up, I believe, just the one run. And so, but really by that point, it just felt like the Cardinals weren't 
having quite the competitive at-bats that you'd like to see them have. That's going to happen over the course of a season. You'd like to see those minimized, though. Uh, I, I think at the ninth inning, you know, down by four, they all struck out. It was like the heart of the order, too. And so you'd like to see less of that. But And um, it's just it's just one of those things that's going to happen. Um, don't know about Matt Carpenter. He fouled the ball off his knee late in that game and did finish the at-bat, but I think that was when he struck out late in the game. And and so not sure about his status. Hopefully he's okay, though. But Cardinals, two or three, you know, win your series. But you, you'd like to minimize the losses that you have to the, the Pittsburgh Pirates because I, I think they're pretty terrible. You'd like to minimize those losses to maybe two or three out of the ten to really take advantage of the schedule because you play ten against them. You play the Royals six times. You play the Detroit Tigers. I want to say it's four times. I know they have one two-game series. I don't know if they do play another one at home sometime later in the schedule. But, you know, those are kind of the bad teams that you play. And then there are going to be some difficult teams on the schedule. I know that you looked at last year's numbers and said, oh, it's the, one of the easiest schedules. The Chicago White Sox are not going to be an easy schedule. You know, when you play those guys, they're they're playing for keeps. They've got a big lineup as well. Uh, just a home run derby between them and the Twins over the weekend. I would say the Twins are a little more well-rounded, though. The White Sox, there's going to be some growing pains there team that hasn't won before needs to learn how to win whereas the twins won their division in the al central last year and so you're going to be playing the white Sox, you're going to be playing the cubs i don't think the cubs are world beaters but certainly those games are always going to be difficult uh the brewers get them over the weekend we'll wait we'll we'll be able to find out here pretty pretty quick what we think of the brewers but you get them for 10 games the reds those are going to be some competitive games as well um, part of the issue with the, the scheduling this season, it's not equitable as far as home and road. So they, I believe they play seven games at Wrigley, six at Miller Park or whatever they're calling Miller Park now. And you only play the Brewers four times at home, the Cubs three times at home. I do think that flips when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds, uh, probably with the Pirates as well, where they play more home games against those teams. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of how the Cardinals not only handle their, their road games against those teams, but handle road trips in general. They got to be careful. Got to got to watch for COVID. Got to be doing the distancing and being smart, not going out and leaving the hotel late at night and doing crazy stuff like that. I, I have confidence that they'll they'll do fine with that. But we'll see how they do competitively on the field as we go along. I'm gonna wrap this episode up here. I appreciate you guys for joining me and listening. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, Be Shaved Daily, would love to have you do so. You can do it on like, I think you go to Google Play probably and find it, but Google Podcasts is, is what that's called. Apple Podcasts, if you've got an iPhone, which I know a lot of you do. Spotify is very accessible and easy to pick up the podcast if you can just search for it. It's B-S-C-H-A-E-F-F daily, B-Shafe daily. Uh, you can find it at all those platforms for podcasts. And you can follow me at B-Shafer12 just about anywhere on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Appreciate you guys for joining me. We'll try to do a podcast episode on Wednesday, talking about the Cardinals game on Tuesday, if it indeed happens. We will talk to you tomorrow.